0: But the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth and made of dust. The second man is from heaven. Like the man made of dust, so are those who are made of dust. Like the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the man made of dust, we will also bear the image of the heavenly man. Brothers, I tell you this: flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and Corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. Because this corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal must be clothed with immortality. Now... When this corruptible is closed with incorruptibility and this mortal is closed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers... Be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labour in the Lord is not in vain.
1: Hey, my name is Pete. If you're new or visiting, if you're... Uh, I just ignore the screen behind me for a moment while Steve uh, is doing a brilliant job of getting things organised there. Um, Before we actually get into the talk today, we're actually going to be talking about uh, life and death. And uh, this week, obviously, that was a big issue for a number of uh, families in Australia who lost people. And uh, I thought what we'll do is uh, we're going to take a minute of silence. Uh, If you're uh, someone who is a follower of Jesus, you might want to use that time as a time to pray for those families that they um, uh, hear something of God's love for them. Uh, If you're not, this might be just a time to just stop and. And pay some respect for those who uh, who lost their lives in the uh, the flight MH17. So I'm just going to um, have a minute silence now. we pray. Father, we realise that it has been a sad week for many people. We pray that you'll comfort them. We pray for justice to be done, that those who have done the wrong thing may be recognised and brought to justice. Uh, We pray uh, that that we will also be reminded of the frailty of life and uh, we pray, especially today as we think of the resurrection, uh, that you will help us to think that our lives and remind us that our lives are quite short. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Audrey, um, can you just give Steve a hand? I think we've just lost some slides. Are we, are we good to go? Or? Yeah, we'll see how we go. Okay. Um, I wanted to, uh, to remind you, actually, like I said, that your life is going to come to an end. And I want to start by asking the question of what do you think will happen to your life? Uh, now I've got four different uh, views here. They're not the only four views, but let's see how we go. Here we go. Got all the things. The first one is reincarnation. Now reincarnation is the idea that your your body dies, and there is something your soul, your spirit, or something else leaves leaves your body and goes to another body. Uh, and it's very big in, in places like Hinduism or uh, I think Buddhism. Um, Not so much in the West, although it does come up in the West. There are places like um, uh, what's called paganism or neo-paganism. One study had that 26% of Christians believe in reincarnation in one way or another. I'm not sure it's actually a biblical view, but there you go. People actually do hold this view. Um, Now, how it works is, if I've done a good life, if I've lived a good life, then the next body I inhabit is going to be a much better body. Um, If I haven't been so good, then it's... Not so good a body. I was waiting for a sound effect from vessels. Yeah. yeah. So there is a there's a very old movie by uh, with Brad Pitt in it called uh, Seven Years in Tibet, and in the movie he builds a cinema for the um, for the Dalai Lama at the time. And as he's building the cinema, he gets all the Buddhist monks get out and they're rescuing the the worms that are in the um, in the building site because they're afraid that they might be. A past relative who've now you know now inhabit a worm's body. And so they're very, very aware of that. Um, life is after death, but it is in another life. So that's that's one way of looking at life after death. Another more common way in Australia is what's called material annihilation. Now, can I just say, I'm going to be using some fairly technical words today. If English is not your first language, just, if you could just uh, let uh, Sonny... Uh, just give a little bit of a wave. Sonny um, would... Uh, <laughs> and if your English is your first language, you don't get the help sheet. There is a help sheet that would just help you to put some of the more technical words in simple English. But uh, there's another one called materialistic annihilation, and it's the idea that when I die, that's it. Game over. I don't, I don't go any further, right? It's, it's because everything that you see in life is here and now, and that's it. And the kind of people who hold this will be people, uh, for example, um, the idea that science, uh, um, well, uh, you know, science will explain everything that you see and feel, and so if you hold a scientism kind of way of seeing the li- your life, that's it. Or if you're in economics, ec- everything you can see and touch you can sell, that's what's real, okay? And because life, you can't see life after death, that's not real. Or um, there's another people called hedonists. Hedonists will say uh, everything that you see and touch and feel, that's what's real and so have as much fun as you can because when you die, it's all over. Uh, so there is that idea of material annihilation. Does that make sense? Right. Everyone, the reincarnation, Everyone understood reincarnation? It's okay if you didn't, just let me know if you don't. And uh, then there's material annihilation. Some people in most, a lot of people in Australia will hold this view, but most will hold the next view, and it's what's called spiritual assimilation, right? And spiritual assimilation is that what happens is the body dies, and then the soul goes to be in some sort of cloud. That's my idea of a cloud. Yeah, oh, come on! I was going to go. It kind of worked, but but it, it joins a whole bunch of other souls in a cloud kind of thing there. And don't laugh too hard. It's, you know, I'm not that good at that kind of thing. Uh, you end up going into high form. This goes right back to the ancient Greeks. People like um, Homer, or um, not Homer Simpson, but Homer the poet, or Plato the um, the philosopher. Uh, and it's the idea that you you know usually the good good things. Uh, good people, they go to a really good cloud and of course we don't want the bad people and the bad people go to a bad cloud. And you see this in movies, don't you, sometimes? Have you you've seen the movie Ghost yeah. with Patrick Swayze? You guys are too too young to remember that. Yeah, yeah. and you know, the, 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 the people who die, they go to the light and then the bad people, they go into this dark cloud. I don't know, I guess, I, I, I don't know. Um, can, can you think of another movie where you've seen that kind of thing? Yeah, your TV shows, if you go and watch reruns of Charmed or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that, they, they all get assimilated into this thing. Or um, Avatar, the movie Avatar, the souls get a, accumulated into the tree, the soul tree thing. Yeah, okay. So, But it's it's the idea that your body gets left behind and your soul is assimilated into something rather. Most people will hold on to that kind of a view. But... The Christian, I think the biblical idea, the Christian idea is that what happens is that my body is going to die but then one day Jesus is going to raise up this body and I'm going to inhabit this body, okay? So, it's, it's different to the other things because the body that I... It's different to reincarnation because the body that I'm going to inhabit in my life after death is going to be the same body. It's not a different body. I don't go and become a, you know... Inhabit the the body of a worm, or I don't inhabit a body of another person who has a past life because that was my life and that sort of thing. It's that actually, it's the same body. It's not, um, it's not materialistic annihilation because there is some life after death. It's not spiritual assimilation because there's more than the soul that lives on. It's a bodily resurrection. Lee. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it differs. Yep. It, it's, uh, it, I've given four views that have a lot of different ideas within those four views. And as you pointed out, with the spiritual assimilation, there can be a sense where we all become part of the one, or it can be that we still have some form of identity. But we tend to get it. It, it gets. Um, but we're all in there. It, it's just a spirit that that lives on. It's not a, anything else. Interestingly enough, it's the um, the ancient Greeks. They had this idea that you you start off in your spiritual life, you know, remembering who you are. But after a while, your your memory of who you are fades, and you just fade into everybody. This oneness. So there's a whole range of different perspectives that are there. Yeah. Thank you. Now, let me just say. Um, The resurrection, the bodily resurrection, it's not unique to Christians, right? It it is one of the things, probably is today, but uh, people have been talking about this. So, you know uh, when you see um, Egyptians and they've been mummified and what do you notice when they've been mummified, what else is in the room? Yeah, bling, stuff, right? Because they're expecting to be raised, their body to be raised up and so they're going, well, my body's raised up. I'm kind of hungry, so there's food and there's some money to buy some food and there's all that sort of stuff. So there's that idea of physical resurrection that's connected there. I hadn't thought of it as bling, but you're right, that's kind of basically what it is. Um, but it is an idea, and, and so in the, in the, it is a big idea that the Christians hold, and it's interesting that when, um, when Peter and John go before a Jewish council called the Sanhedrin, um, they say, you're talking about Jesus, and if you read this carefully in Acts 4, it's Jesus and the resurrection. And we don't like you talking about the idea of the resurrection. And there, that was because in the Jewish council, there were some people who held to the idea of the resurrection. Pharisees held to the resurrection. But there were other groups called the Sadducees that didn't, have, didn't hold to the resurrection. And, and um, these guys already... I see some smiles because so they already know that the joke is coming. The, the reason, the way that you remember it is that the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they're see. You're not going to forget it. No. But here's the thing. I think the Christian myth is, for, for those of us who are holding Christians, I think the myth is that when Christians die, their bodies decay and their spirits go to eternally into God's uh, presence in heaven. But we'll look today and we'll see that when Christians die, they rest temporarily in God's presence, but they are bodily raised to enjoy God's new creation that what we are looking forward to in life after death is actually a physical resurrection. We will spend a little bit more time on this next week, but as we think about it, I want you to think about what does hope mean for each of those four ideas? Right? What's hope? What does hope look like for each of those four views? For reincarnation, hope is, well, I kind of hope if I live a better life and maybe I'll get into a better body. It's, it's, it's like, I hope that might work. Or if it's uh, materialistic annihilation, what's that sort of hope like? There is no hope, like, you know, that's the whole point. But what about um, spiritual assimilation? What's the hope there? Yeah, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I hope I'm in the right place and, you know, I hope... It's kind of a funny kind of hope. But the physical resurrection, actually, our hope is not based on our performance, our, our things, but it's actually based on Jesus' resurrection, And we'll come back and we'll spend a little bit of time on that. But let's try and get our heads into what does the resurrection mean. I'm going to pray because I haven't done that yet and we'll we'll actually look at what the Bible has to say. Father, thank you so much for reminding us that there is life after death, that uh, this is not the be-all and end-all of our existence but there is something beyond it. As we think about that today, help us to live our lives here and now remembering that there is something else to come. Father, give us hope and wisdom and help us to live out that hope. Help me to speak your words faithfully and truthfully and powerfully as I should. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, just generally with the resurrection, there are a couple of key things that I want you to know. I'm going to give you some key verses and then I'll give you the summary in a minute. So, if you're taking notes, hold off, I'll give you the, the, the summary thing in a moment. The first thing is, everyone is resurrected. Good and bad. So, yeah, many of those, this is uh, Daniel speaking, many of those, in fact, not many, all of those who who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life, some to shame and eternal uh, contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the bright expanse of the the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like those in the stars forever and ever. Do you notice what he says? Some will uh, awake to eternal life, others to shame and eternal uh, contempt. And this gets picked up in the New Testament when Jesus is talking, he says, do not be amazed at this because a time is coming when all, all who are in graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who've done good things to the resurrection of life, but to those who've done wicked things, the resurrection of judgment. Let me just say, when, when Jesus is talking about what's the, resu- what's the good things, he explains that in the next chapter, that what is good is not necessarily living a moral life, lead, you know, obeying all the rules, but it is actually knowing who he is and putting our trust in what he has done. So the resurrection is everyone is raised. Secondly, the resurrection is physical. Um, and then, thirdly, the resurrection is eternal. And so, uh, this is uh, where again Jesus is talking. He says, Those who did not obey Jesus will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So, this is not just a physical resurrection where we go, Okay, well, I've got another 70 years and it's reset and we get another life and then we just go back again. But it's an eternal thing. This, what we have now, is temporary. The resurrection will be eternal. All right? So, let me give you those, uh, those three things again. Everyone is resurrected, it is a physical resurrection. And when I mean physical resurrection, I mean that I am here and then you know, you're there and we can actually identify each other, we're not assimilated into something there but we can kind of go, yep, I can recognise who Audrey is. And it is an eternal resurrection, it will go on forever. And you'll, you'll notice that there are two destinations and in the next couple of weeks we're going to look at those two destinations in more detail. But what does it look like? What does a resurrected body look like? I want to start by looking at a description of one and then um, an example of one and then we'll look at more of a description in a moment. But I mean, the only physical body that we've seen resurrected like this is Jesus. What was his body like? Yeah, physical, what else? Recognisable. Yeah, it's, it was funny that way. So let me give you a couple of points I just as I went through this on uh, Jesus' resurrected body. People see him, but they don't recognise him immediately. So there's been, there seems to have been some sort of transformation that has taken place there, and I'm not quite sure what it is. I remember talking with someone about this uh, um, earlier in the week, and they were saying, you know, those two guys who were walking with Jesus, and they spent you know several hours with him, and then it wasn't until they had uh, dinner with him that they kind of went, "Oh, it's Jesus," right? And he kind of said, I don't know what it was, maybe it was that he didn't, they didn't expect him to be there, so they just weren't thinking. It might have been that they didn't see, his he-, he had his hands in his pockets the whole time, so I don't know, something. And then when he went to go and break bread, they went, hey, you've got holes in your hands. Hey, we know someone who had holes in his hands. Hey, you're Jesus. And put it all, I don't know what it is, but there, there, there is a pattern of people who see him but don't recognise him immediately. Um, so he is, there is some differences about his body, Uh, he disappears at one point when he's talking to someone, they're in the middle of talking and he just disappears. I don't know where he goes. Uh, He gets into locked rooms. Um, So, you know, they'll be talking about, hey, you know, Jesus, yeah, someone said he might be raised again and we're going to lock the doors just in case someone comes along and all of a sudden he's there. And how does that work? I'm not really sure. But he is, it's not like he is a spirit or a ghost. He is still physical. Um, He eats, I'll give you some verses there so you can look them up later. Uh, he sits there and he has breakfast with people at different points along the way. Um, someone says, whoa, is he a ghost? And he goes, I'm not a ghost. Here, give me something to eat. And so, you know, you eat it because I imagine if it was a ghost, that'd be kind of messy because you'd eat it and it just falls out through the, I don't know, I don't want to go there too far. But he eats it and, you know, he's, um, he still has his scars. He still has, you know, he goes to someone who goes, I don't believe he rose from the dead. And he goes, well, put your finger in the hole. That's got to be a weird experience, don't you think? Like you're putting your finger through someone else's hand, and it's like, ooh, that's just weird. Or well, putting it into someone's side, ooh, I can feel an intestine. Oh, I think that's liver. Oh, that's just, no, that, that. but he's still physical. He still has those scars. And, and he is still, and this is one of the key things I want you to remember he is still physical today. So when he rose up, he rose up in a physical body and then after 40 days, he was taken up into heaven as a physical man. So he is still a physical person today. So there's a guy sitting somewhere, I don't know where, at the right hand of God and he is ruling the world but he is a guy who's got holes in his hands and he is still a physical man here today. There are some things we know about Jesus' body but some things that are just hard to understand. So what is the Christian... uh, to understand what this looks like, Paul explains this in 1 Corinthians in a letter because it was a, it was a letter to written to a church called, uh, um, in, in Corinth and they were having some problems with the resurrection because they thought, oh, it's a spiritual resurrection, it's not a bodily resurrection, so it's all, you know, but he, he then responds to them and particularly in this part of the chapter he goes, they're going, what? well, if it's a physical resurrection, how does that work? And so, this is what he's done. So, uh, if you've got your Bible there, you'll find it helpful to have 1 Corinthians 15 open. And you can see that he really puts the whole thing around the idea of a seed. Uh, Verse 36, foolish one, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. For what you sow, you are not sowing uh, the future body but only a seed perhaps of wheat or another grain, but God gives it a body as he wants and to each of the seeds, his own body. Now, his point here is he's going, this is a seed, what it will look like will be different. Okay, so let me give you a... Okay, here's your, here's your little test kind of case, right? right? I've given you three different types of seeds there. I want you to turn to the person next to you and work out what are the plants going to look like from those three seeds. We'll give you a couple of minutes now. Okay. You've only got three types of seeds, so this should be pretty easy to work out. Uh, We'll start with the bottom, because the bottom's the easiest one. Anyone recognise the bottom one? It's wheat seed. Okay. Right. Now, okay, so that's a fairly, I think that's a fairly easy one. Now, how easy is it for you to work out the other two? This is the whole point that Paul, you're all sitting there I want to know what the answer is, but this is the whole point that, that Paul is making here. The seed, you need the seed to get the plant. Sorry, I'll out the one. You need the seed to get the plant, and there's something all in that little seed that becomes the plant. But what the plant, what the seed looks like, isn't quite the same as what the plant looks like. Now, just to resolve it, because you're going to be Um The next one uh, is uh, poppy seeds. It comes from poppy. Anyone get that one? Oh, okay, you guys are right. Okay, let's see. It. The last one. Anyone recognize the last one? Sunflower? No. Sorry? No. Watermelon? No. It is a Venus flytrap seed.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> yes, it was deceptive. That's my whole point. It is sometimes hard to work out. So, what is my resurrection body like? I'm not entirely sure, but I do know that there is something about that will live on eternally that you see here in front of you. It will look a little different. I'm kind of hoping for something a little taller, but it will be different to what you actually see now. Now, here are some key points that I want you to know. It's different, but it is a body. There is a body and it will be raised on the last day. Um, we're going to look a little bit, uh, probably on the last... If you want to ask the question about what happens between when I die and on the last day when I'm raised again, that's going to be a really good question for your question time on the last week of this. I'm just letting you know that one. But on the last day when Jesus comes back, we are all raised up. And there will be something that will go on physically. It's it's a body. But there is a body that will die. So, verse 36... um, let me go to verse 35. But some will say, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? Foolish ones, don't you know that what you sow will not come to life unless it dies? And then again, he pushes that little metaphor of you've got to put a seed in the ground for it to become the plant. And so there is something about what we're going to experience that'll be a transforming of what I have now to something that will continue on for eternity. And so, yes, death is not a problem, it's just part of the process for us. So, death for a Christian is not something to be feared. It's just something to go, okay, death is a thing I need to step through to get my resurrected body. And you can see what it's like there in verses 42 uh, to 44, he goes through and explains, he goes, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. It's so an incorruption... But raised in incorruption so my body breaks down my body you know I get I, I get cuts I get scars I get I get sick I get tired some of you will know all of this quite well uh, I'm now getting to the age where I start getting a you know, a knee thing going or something like that it doesn't repair itself quite as quickly it's corruptible it's breaking down but the body that I will have will be incorruptible it's sown in in incorruption, in corruption, raised in incorruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory. This is the body that I lift a life of sin in, but it will be the body that I will live a life of glory in. It's sown in weakness; it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, raised as a now spiritual body. Don't get too caught on that. It's not that it's going to be a body that is a spirit, but it's going to be a body that is empowered by God's spirit. The point is that we need to be transformed as we go to our new home. And so we need a new body as we go to our new home. And that means that our body will be different. Now, I don't really know, there are some details here that you kind of want to go, how how does that work? Uh, For example, um, there are some things that we kind of go, you know, I think I was talking to Craig about this, and we're kind of going, you know, what, what are the, we have questions about the resurrection body. And I wasn't going to ask, I was, I, Craig had a particular question. One was, you know, we're always going to eat and drink and that sort of thing. However, uh, Paul makes this comment of, more well, food for the stomach and stomach uh, for food, but God will do away with them both. And you're going, so Craig kind of had this question, so do we go to the toilet? Because isn't that part of a old body and, you know, but we, we're still eating in the new body, so how does, how does the food break down and how's that? I, I don't really know. Uh, I'll let you want to work that one out. Uh, there, is, um, there is no sex in heaven. For example, um, the Sadducees tried to trick Jesus and go, okay, here's the deal, right, Jesus? There's this guy, <coughs> there's this woman and he, she marries this guy and the guy dies and then she marries his, her brother and then he dies and then she marries her, the next brother and then he dies And then the next brother's very, very nervous at this point of time. But, you know, and then at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? And Jesus answered them, you're deceived because you don't know what the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Which to me doesn't clarify anything, but anyway. Uh, Now, concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you heard what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living now, here is what he's, he's saying. Don't you, marriage isn't what you think it is in heaven. It'll be different. There will be marriage in heaven but it won't be the marriage, like so Audrey and I are married at the moment, we won't be married in heaven. The marriage that we will have in heaven is, as the church, we are married to Jesus. So There won't be sex in heaven but there will be marriage. Now, how do you work all of this out? There are some things about the resurrected body. You kind of go, how does that work, and that sort of thing. It's going to be the difference between a seed and a plant. Okay, it's going to be something there that will continue on forever. What does that look like? I'm not entirely sure. It's a little bit like the you know when you get a real estate view of someone's house, they kind of they give you the picture at the front, and they kind of go, "This is how many bathrooms, how many ba- bedrooms, and that sort of thing." But you don't really know what the house is like until. Until you get there, and you're kind of going, Yeah, you do have two bathrooms, but one of them is right down the back of the, 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 um, the backyard, and it's not really even inside. I mean, you know. It's... But real estate agents kind of give you a slant on it. This is like a real estate agent's picture, but even better than what is being explained. Now, that is the resurrection. I want you to know your body, what you have now, will be raised up. And something of what you have right now will live on forever. What does that mean for the way you live right now let me give you a couple of things firstly what our world really needs right now is hope there is a a starvation of the soul there is something that everyone's trying to look for that they think will fulfill them at some point along the way but what we're really looking for is hope uh, there was a guy called George Bernard Shaw, he, he, he was regarded as one of those, you know, he was like the, um, uh, the Richard Dawkins of his age, you know, he was the hardened atheist and this is what he said when he, he was towards the end of his life, he said, that the science to which I pinned my faith is bankrupt. I believed them once, in their name I helped destroy the faith of millions of worshippers in the temples of a thousand creeds and now they look at me and witness the great tragedy of an atheist who's lost his faith. He's realised that at the end of the day there isn't any hope for him because he held that materialistic annihilation thing and he says, what is the point of living that? But when I can tell you that you will live off and, and others will live on for eternity that there will be relationships there that, that, so that Audrey and I will, will, we will be together but we will be together for eternity and we know that and we know that if something happens to one of us there is that hope that we will see each other again and we will be there for eternity. That is a hope worth living for. That is a hope our people need right now. But there is also the fact that it is your body that will continue on forever. And I'm going to give you a couple of things uh, for you to have a look at. Uh, Actually, I was going to give you a a bit more information, but I think what I'll do is I'll get you to think through those issues first. So, on the back of your outline, I've got some things there where I've got three scenarios. And I want you to look at those scenarios and answer some questions. Let me give you the scenarios. I don't want my body to be cremated because I don't know what it will mean for my resurrected body. someone comes to you and says that, um, I want you to ask those questions. Why would they hold that view? What, what, what's good about it? What, what, what it could be wrong with it? What would you say in response? Okay, so as a group, I want you to think that one through. Or well, the second one is, um, I, have, uh, I have the opportunity to, do, to donate my organs. I think, why not? I don't need my organs when I'm resurrected, right? So, it's a question of organ donation. Okay? Well, the third one, uh, this should be fun for some people. I don't think Christians should get tattoos because they will have them on their resurrection bodies in the same way Jesus had his scars. Hmm? <laughs> So, yeah. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you to... Now, the way we're going to do this is if you want to, if you want to look at the first issue, I'm going to break you into those. Three. If you want to look at the first scenario, if you want to come over here, you're going to have to move around the room a little bit. Come over here. If you want to look at the second scenario, probably up the back around there somewhere. And the third scenario, if you want to come around here. If you're a little nervous and you don't want to say anything, that's okay, just join the group and I'm, there will be other people in the group who will do a lot of talking, I'm sure. And there are some questions there. I'm going to give you about 10 minutes where I want you to wrestle with some of these, these issues, okay? Okay, you can go now into those groups. So, C, B, or A? C, B, or A? Or if you don't want to move, just stay where you are. Okay, so that's A. That's C. Scott's, Scott's, Scott and Jerry are just sitting down there doing B. Anybody want to join them? No, no one really wants to wrestle with organ donation? Okay. Huh, that's interesting. Okay, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to draw you back. I, I need someone. I just for the last ten seconds. I need you to volunteer a s- sacrificial volunteer who's going to speak on behalf of your group.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: okay. I can see that. That's the most controversial part of each group's discussion. Is we're not going to worry about the issue, but whoever's going to speak, that's going to be an issue. Okay, you guys were dealing with cremation, is that right? Yeah. Did I get that one right? Yep. What did you, what did you guys say? Well, how would you, did you work out a response?
0: Kind of. So, we decided that it's good that they've said that it's a physical body. Yeah. So, that bit we agree with. Um, we kind of had a few questions around, well, Jesus turns up a cold in his hands. Yep. But then, does that mean... I mean, he can piece all the bits of cremation like ash back together. Yep. Because he's God. Yeah. He made us out of dust. Yep. But whether that's good to do, because like, do we want to do that? So that God has to do that, or do we want to die in a way where it's like, hey, okay, this body will be is dead, but it'll be raised. Yeah, I think.
1: Uh, yeah. And then we just kind of talked about the fact that the body actually deteriorates, so the fact yep. that you're, if you're buried, it's still going to decay. That's right. Yep, <laughs> so that, that that's exactly right. There are people who died hundreds and, you know, uh, some people who died thousands of years ago. So, Jesus sort of says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So, we're going back at least 3,000, actually we're going back at least 4,000 years now and I'm guessing their bodies are still not gooey at this point of time. They're well and surely dust and yet God is able to, to rebuild, you know, so I, you know, if Christians want to get cremated, I think that's fine, you know, but as you guys said, it is something where they, they, it's actually saying something about, hey, this is a physical body and this is a physical resurrection and where it's a way of acknowledging that. So, I, I don't think it's, it's either way but I'm glad you guys wrestled with that and you wrestled with exactly the right issues there. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, you guys did organs, organs. yeah, yeah. What did you work out? Yeah.
2: So so while we're not gonna conclude that if you give your liver then you're only not gonna have
1: a liver in Yeah. So, yep. um like we don't wanna be crazy scared of everything 'cause so you can get trust that God knows what he's doing and yep. can see plant anything. Okay. Yep. On the same token it's good to be like um, you know, worshipful in the and and yep.
2: consider these things.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh,
2: uh, another point is, it says, I, I don't think I'll need my organs when I'm resurrected. That means they're, they're saying we're going to be a ghost and that's not right.
1: Yes. Because,
2: um, yeah, we know a lot of things but there's a lot of things we don't know. Yep.
1: That, that's exactly right. There, there is that assumption and a lot of Christians hold that assumption that when I die, it's my spirit and my soul that will be resurrected but not my physical body and it is, and I'm glad you guys picked it up because I thought that was going to be too subtle but you, you're obviously a lot smarter than, i have to be even more subtle next time. But it is, it, it's that hiding behind that is to say, oh well hang on, there isn't, um, I don't need my organs, in fact I don't need any part of my body because the resurrection isn't actually a physical resurrection. But, yeah. but I, I think you're right, I think, uh, it, yeah, look, um, I think it comes to the same case that Jesus made with the Sadducees of, well, if she's married to this guy, married to this guy, married to this guy, you, know, you, you guys don't understand, that's not, that's part of an order that you're leaving behind as the old body dies and the new body is raised and organs, if God wants to give an you know, extra organ along the way, then sure. It's the same with, you know, I'm sure that um, we will be made whole and the effects of sin will be put aside, so, you know, amputees have lost an arm or a leg, they're going to get their arm and leg back and like I said, I'm 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 going for a little more height. Hopefully that'll we'll see how that one works out. But Yeah, yeah and in all three scenarios, A like BMC. The yep. These happen to people without them making the choice, like, anyway. you know, like sure. if somebody gets burned in a house by R like yeah, know, that's true. we can't be cremated because well does that mean as soon get cremated aren't going to be an air and burn in their house by yep,
2: and get F Yep,
1: yep. So the same the tattoos and the Sure, sure. Okay, let's have a look at you guys and the tattoos. What did you guys decide? You know, there was actually a church that did this, they did it over Lent, they actually had a tattoo artist, and every Sunday after church, they had a guy who would actually tattoo people with Bible verses and stuff like that, and the pastor, he got his arm done, and you know, it's just, yep, it was... So before you go, you jokingly say, oh, we're going to get tattoos, there's always a, there's always a church in America that does something weird. And uh, anyway, so <laughs> what did you guys work out, apart from you're all getting tattoos? Mel, are you getting one too?
2: Yeah. That same rhetoric would say amputees don't have these. Um and also points, I out that Jesus wounds actually serve a function in that they whereas an amputees wound is an impedance, Jesus' wounds uh, serve to show who he is and uh, mm. uh, tell us something about him. So yep. they're actually a part of him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if we can remove tattoos here, then in a perfect world I don't see why we wouldn't retain that. But either way, I, I I do think that our individuality and our creativity isn't just a present condition of the sinful age. Yep. I think that creativity and clothing and things that we make yep. and ways in which we mirror God by being creative. I don't think those are a part of the fall. I think those are things that God intended. Sure. So
1: I think I a about there's one in Leviticus. Yeah, it it's it's actually it's really important to actually read it in its context there and that's the thing. So yeah, once it, when Because a lot of people will take that verse out of context and in Leviticus go, Hey it says, you know biggest uh, but actually when you look at the, the bigger picture and that's yeah, as Carl's rightly said. Yeah, again, I, you know, I, I don't know that, that one. I'm just... A, but again, it's one of those things that, you know, and if Christians want to get tattoos, I, I think that's... A, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I do want you to ask the question, is there something I'm prepared to have for the for not just for the rest of my life, but for eternity as well? You know, it, it's a question that is worth asking. I don't know whether you will or not. I'm not guaranteeing... I'm not saying, you know, you're going to get to, to heaven and go, hey man, you said I was going to have this tat and it's not here and, you know... I. I you're in trouble. I, I, I just, I genuinely don't know the answer to that one, but I want you to think about that. Now, if you want to go back to the chairs that you're in before, or if you're happy where you are, then you can do that. But uh, let me just finish with a couple of quick things. One, The one thing I want to finish with is, one of the things that happens is that because the Paul talks about all sin is sin, I want to talk about sin for a moment, all sin is sin, but he talks about sins that are done in the body, and I'm sorry I don't have this verse up there, but 1 Corinthians 6 um, Paul makes the interesting comment that sins that are done in the body, uh, particularly sexual sin, uh, he says, run from sexual immorality, for every sin is a sin that commits outside the body. On the contrary, the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. He's saying there is something about sexual sin, for example, that is different to other sins because in sexual sin, it's, it's something that's done in your body that will be raised to heaven. And so I want you to be aware of what you do in your body. And this was the whole thing that the Corinthian church were wrestling with and going, hey man, we can do whatever we want. And back in chapter five, you had a guy who's sleeping with his stepmom, and they're all going, hey, this is great. We're all free in Jesus. You can do that. And Paul is going, no, no, you've got to keep in mind the resurrection body means that you've got to be careful what you do in your body. And I want you to keep in mind, this is something that will go on into eternity. Do you really want to drag it through sin? Whether it's sexual sin or any other sin. Don't think that you go, oh, well, you know, this is just part of this life and I'm just, you know, sinful and that's just what happened. I'm saved because Jesus, you know, died for me. But I want you to keep in mind that when you are sinning, this is so, you're doing it in something that will go on into heaven. So you've got to take sin very, very seriously because of that. Now, I, I've asked you some questions. I thought I'd, I'd at least give you the option. Is anyone got any questions you want to ask me? Uh, and I, if they're long questions, I'm going to defer them to that last Sunday. Uh, otherwise, um, we'll move on to the next thing. Carl.